Hey everybody, welcome back to Patriot to the Core podcast. I am Thad Forrester and you are listening to episode number 58. It has been a little while since I released an episode. My normal mantra is every two weeks. That's the way it's been the last two years. But for those of you on my email list, you got an email from me a few weeks ago explaining why I haven't released an episode since then and why my future releases will be a little more sporadic. Basically, early May we had a new little boy. And he has Down syndrome, and so that kind of caused me to kind of reprioritize some things in my life, and the podcast is just going to be one of those things that's just not as, can't be a priority. So I will still release episodes. I love doing it. I've got some people still in the works to, to interview, but it won't be twice a month or every two weeks. But our little boy is doing great, and also I hope you had a great Independence holiday, Independence Day here in the U.S., uh, on July 4th, I am so thankful to be, be able to be born here and uh, for the freedoms that we have and for the many freedom fighters that we had way back in the day to fight for our independence and for those still today that are fighting evil. And for those of you, uh, my international listeners, I hope that you are in an area that values freedom as well. And now on to our uh, guest, Mark Lauren is back on the show. Uh, he is a former Air Force combat controller, and he was he was here on episode 40. And then there's where we discussed his early life and his time in the military and how he implemented his workouts in the combat control pipeline. And now we're talking a little bit more about how he observed that the fitness industry at large was backward, ineffective, and unsustainable in its approach. So he created fitness programming that improves performance outside of the gym. I love his programs. I have been following his workouts religiously since January of 2018 this year and I I feel good I haven't like transformed my body I'm not really looking to transform I definitely need to um, improve it but I just feel good and I love the movements I love that I can do I can get a killer workout with minimal space and with no weights now I know he does use weights some but his training programs right now there's very few added weights involved it's, it's body weight uh, this guy is, has really been experimenting with the structure of his exercise program since he was 12 one thing uh, I asked him later on that was not on the, in this on this episode was about his weights because uh, he mentioned that he mentions them when I interview him but I didn't dig into that and I wish I had it but he said he uses full body free weight workouts consisting of five movements for some type of stepping like as in lunging Pulling, usually body weight, hip hinging, like squatting and bending variations, pushing, and core. He said, I rotate different variations into all these positions with different numbers of reps and working sets. The movements with weight are done just as they are without, so it's a logical progression from mobility to stability. And then I asked him, my wife really wanted to know this, how did you get to looking like you do? Was it all body weight or what? And he said, my current and best strategy is using body weight training as my foundation to improve mobility, posture, and positioning. I use body weight training 2.0 workouts about four to six days a week. I also add some type of locomotion to my routine about three days a week, like walking, sprinting, swimming. Two days a week, I basically practice the movements from body weight training 2.0 with weights. And body weight 2.0 is one of it's part of the of his workout program that you can buy for either like $8 a month or $60 a year, and it is the best $60 that I've ever spent. Overall, he says he has to smartly vary both my calorie intake and my training volume and intensity. Uh, since we are always 
adapting. We have to be flexible about how we apply stress and recovery. So let's get into Mr. Mark Lauren. Well, Mark Lauren, welcome back to the show. This is your second time. So there's, I've had just a very few guests come back multiple times so far. So thank you for being with me again. I appreciate being back. So I wanted, uh, I wanted to, I'd planned this out for a while. When I, when I had you on in the fall, you had told me about your pro, your app coming out in the, at the first of the year, and it did come out in in January. And so I started your 90 day challenge January 15th, and uh, I've been following your programs ever since mid January. But I wanted to just back up just a little bit because um, the first interview, I know we talked about your your military background. And a little bit about when you were younger, but I don't. We didn't go into all the detail I wanted to. Uh, on your website, you said that you observed that the fitness industry at large was backward, ineffective, and unsustainable in its approach. So you created fitness programming that improved performance outside of the gym with minimal sacrifice of time, energy, and money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so h- how is the fitness industry backward and ineffective? Um. I think, simply put, in, in, in all things, um, we, we, we get good. We only get good at the things we do, right? So that basically means you, you only get good at the movements that you actually practice. And the reason the fitness industry um, mainly is, is, is backwards in its approach, in my opinion, is that we relate muscles. We put too much importance on muscles, um, in terms of improving performance, right? So uh, we relate muscles with with performance, but so we're we're basically we're using movements that are focused, or the the function of those movements, the purpose of those movements is to develop our muscles, and that's its, their primary purpose. So we're using mu- movements, we're practicing movements basically that just develop muscles. They don't develop any kind of useful skills. So, so for example, there are athletic skills that we need in order to perform um, um, everything that we do, and and ba- like on on a basic fundamental level, uh, performance is all about efficiency, right? Which is uh, basically like making everything as easy as possible. Right, but when we're in the gym, for example, and we're exercising, we're we're, using, we're we're taking movements that we never do outside of the gym, and and we're we're intentionally making things everything as as hard as we possibly can. Like we're creating a lot of extra tension throughout our entire body, um, and basically the way we move and the way we train in the gym um, creates inefficiency outside of the gym. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Um, so the best performers, when you look at the best athletes out there, um, they tend to have great posture, right? The, the, the way they're, they're posturally aligned, uh, their alignment is such that um, they're very efficient in how they move, and, and they never have a lot of extra tension. So what, like the common denominator, or one of the common characteristics that you see amongst all great athletes is how relaxed they are. Right. So really, like they've, they've learned strategies that make whatever it is that they're doing as easy as possible. But when you go to the gym, you're creating a lot of extra tension that you take w- with you outside of the gym. 
and and you're, you're using movement strategies that are totally inefficient. Yeah, yeah that, that's uh, very interesting. I haven't thought about it that way, but definitely makes sense. And also a lot of times in the gym we're doing things that the, the movements or our form are – it's easy to injure ourselves. Um, so, so performance and, uh, and safety or security go hand in hand or performance and injury resistance always go hand in hand. So as, as actual real life performance increases, so does injury resistance. And, uh, and really, again, it's performance and injury resistance are about your ability to efficiently absorb force. And, uh, and your ability to efficiently absorb force really depends on your ability to maintain the alignment of your joints that's optimal for force absorption. So it kind of gets into like, it gets into physics basically. And just like when you build a home or you build a structure or a bridge or whatever and you have, you have pillars and supporting structures, the alignment of those, um, those segments has to be ideal for the force that that structure has to absorb and our bodies are the exact same way you know and it's and it's less so the performance of a bridge or any kind of structure depends less on the muscles that are keeping it in place and more so about the skill and the ability to keep yourself in alignment that really like requires as little muscular force as possible very interesting so I mean, um, so really, like we want to, we want to learn to move in ways that requires as little endurance and strength as possible. But that's totally opposite of what we're doing in the gym. Who else out there do you follow that that, that kind of prescribes to your mode of thinking and, and the way that they train? <laughs> um, well, I, I would say um, Rafael Ruiz definitely. Um, help to, to guide me in this direction. Um, and I think culturally, um, spending a lot of time in, uh, in Thailand has helped me to realize these things. Um, you know, boxing in Thailand, um, and, and training at the camps there. And then just, uh, and then just seeing the way they move and the way that, um, um, just basically seeing how efficiency um, basically like getting more with less is, is intertwined with, with performance in, in everything that they do over there. Um, but you know, within the fitness industry, um, surprisingly there, 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 there aren't a lot of people talking about these things. Um, because again, I think the fitness industry in general is just overly focused on muscles. I listen to uh, a podcast that I listen to. I hear several fitness guys uh, throughout the last few years when I started listening. And um, I hear all types of philosophies. But one guy I heard recently with Mark Devine on the Unbeatable Mind podcast, he talked about he was going tracing our roots way back many, 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 many years ago and how he said we are we were runners. We were meant to run, and do you do you do any of that where you track our go back to the you know prehistoric or just ancient days of, of us and how what our bodies were meant to do? Well, I wouldn't say that uh, I necessarily um, 
directly study our, our prehistoric history or anything like that. I think um, overall, I, I do look at, at biology though, and and really survival and life can be described as um, a competition over limited resources, and and the organisms that tend to survive and the, those genetic um, changes that tend to, to last, right? Um, and the, that offspring that, that tends to survive um, are those that are the most efficient. They basically, they get the least, I mean, they get the most with the least. So as a biological organism or as biological organisms, we require energy in order to survive, right? We know that. And we have various strategies for getting that energy. So the organisms, and, and that energy is limited, so those organisms that survive and that exist now are those that were the most efficient in that process. And that's really so I think like the whole concept behind performance, survival, efficiency, security, um, um, and how it relates to efficiency is very observable in nature. Um, and, and when it comes to, uh, I mean, basically like saying that we were built to run, I think isn't totally inaccurate. I think you can be more general and it's what I say. Um, so basically there, you could break down the, the, the strategies for collecting the energy we need in order to survive like all organisms. Basically you have, let's say you have animals and you have plants. Right. Plants have a strategy that does not require them to move around. They just hang out and get what they need from the earth and the sun. Right. Um, animals have developed strategies that require them to move in order to get what they need. Right. Plants do not really move. Animals do move. So the you can break down animal movement basically into one simple word, which is locomotion, which is just getting from one place to another. And that, of course, includes running. So, so the primary thing that, that my exercise programs aim to improve in regards to fundamental athletic ability is, is efficient locomotion. So I want to make it easier for you to get from one place to another because that's the one thing that's involved in everything. When you were 12 years old and you were doing, you could do 600 sit-ups and 78 push-ups at one time or one, I guess, setting, mm. and you were experimenting with the structure of exercise programs, then, I mean, what what had you discovered at that point in your life, and how long did it take you to do 600 put, uh, sit-ups and 78 push-ups? You mean how long did it take me to get to that point, or no? To, when you could when you could bust out that number? Oh. Um, I guess the I think it was 78 sit-ups where I basically kind of plateaued 78 non-stop push-ups. Um, it wasn't. Wow. It, it it was um, it was a few months I think, and uh, and same with the sit-ups. And you know when I first started, I could do maybe you know in the in the teens, let's say 13 to 20 um, sit-ups or push-ups, and then through regular practice, um, those numbers just steadily increased. Um, and I would just do them. I did them every day. But again, like how you program your uh, your exercise um, or your exercise, your workouts and all that. Uh, what worked for me at the age of uh, 12 or 11 and 13 is different than what works for me now at the age of 41. So um, 
just something to keep in mind. Yeah. So, and I guess you asked, like, what 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 is it that I learned at that point? Yeah. What were you discovering even at 12 years old? Well, well, well one, it was. Um, I think the most important thing is your body's ability to adapt. Um, the whole the whole concept of basically like applying stress to your body, resting, and then getting stronger. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's something that um, still fascinates me, and I think it's really at the core of of fitness and health is that basically like we're things that have the ability to uh, to recover a um, hundred and uh, you know five percent or more, whatever, more or less, depending on, on uh, the situation. Um, in addition to just learning that basically we can apply stress, rest, and get stronger, um, and that, that's for all systems. It's not just our muscles, you know. It's, it's the way we learn as well, um, and it's the way our skin adapts to sunlight, and it's the way we adapt to cold. Um, you know, basically we expose ourselves to something and we adapt, um, which is amazing. Um, but then also just um, I think the the importance of of coordinating your uh, your your breathing with your movements and relaxing even while exercising. Yeah, you talk about that a lot throughout the workouts. At least I know for sure in the nine day challenge, you're saying hey, remember to relax, breathe, um, you know, get the get the form right. So, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, uh, I mean, the, the, the whole point, I think, with um, at least for, for me and my opinion is that uh, we use exercises to, to help us learn how to maintain uh, neutral joint alignment and, uh, and neutral basically just meaning in the middle. So we want to maintain a, a long, stable, straight spine. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and... And we want to learn. We want to learn to make ourselves long and straight, while at the same while at the same time staying as relaxed as possible. So everything we want to, everything we do, we want to do it with as little tension as possible, because extra tension is a waste of energy and it decreases performance and it slows you down. What about sit-ups now? Do you obviously all your workouts have a lot of core strength in the core? It seems like every workout we do, but do you do sit-ups now? I haven't done sit-ups in a long time, and I'm not saying that there isn't a place for them. Um, they're just not in my programs right now. Yeah, okay. I knew I hadn't come across any yet, and you know they they are they're hard for me to do. With, with I don't know why. I mean I, I don't think I have a bad back, but it doesn't really feel great on my lower back. But I'd rather do other things than sit-ups. Um, you know, and I think with exercise, um, once you get away from focusing too much on or once you get away from using exercises for the primary purpose of um, developing muscles and you get more into um, skill-based exercising where every exercise um, has a, a primary purpose that's related to some skill then it really makes you kind of like question you know why are you using a certain exercise like what skill is that developing um, and I think that has had a really big influence on my exercise selection and how I structure my workouts. Mm -hmm. What about when you're traveling? This is a kind of a different topic, but you, you do some world traveling. Do you find yourself finding quarters in certain airports throughout the world where you can, you know, do some dips or some type of training and, or where, um, so you, 
you know, you don't have to go too long without working out? Um, I would honestly say even now, um, the, I think it, in, in all areas of life, and it's something that I talk about all the time recently, in all areas of life, like a big part of performance a lot of times um, depends on not doing too much. And I still find like I'm still so enthusiastic uh, about about training that I find I have to uh, throttle back a lot of times and, and not do too much. So for me at the age of 41 now, um, especially if I'm, if, if I'm traveling overseas, um, I know that like that traveling, um, being in compressed air at, at altitude and all that, and then ending up in a totally different environment has like it. It, it ha- that's a lot of stress on its own. So uh, that's not the time for me to train hard. Hmm. Um, and I actually I'll, I'll back off on my training a couple days before and after um, big flights. So oh, okay. uh, if anything, I'll stretch in, in some corner. Well, let's talk about your some of your programs, and maybe we can get to all of them. But well, maybe not all of them, but several of them. So I started out with the ninety day challenge. Can, will you describe the ninety day challenge and what its purpose is? Uh, because it's and it's got levels one, two, and three. By the way, I never made it to level three on any of them. Okay. I, I got to level two pretty quick, but uh-huh. I started three and man, it. Uh, I'll have to go back to it at some point. But what is the ninety day challenge? <laughs> Okay, well, it, it started as a book, and uh, it's in Germany. It's the uh, 90 Target Challenge. Here in the U.S., the book is called uh, 90 Day Bodyweight Challenge. And it was basically fitness, and I think performance is a lot about habits. You know, developing habits that become, I mean, habits are um, just things that are automatic, right? Like you repeat them enough, and they're rewarding, so they become automatic, and you almost don't have to think about it anymore. It's, it's going to happen on its own, right? Or it's, it's going to be hard for you to change that habit, right? Um, which can be both good and bad. This 90-day exercise program is built with the intention of developing good habits that you can maintain ideally for the rest of your life. And it, it creates an on-ramp from wherever you are now to uh, being fit and in good shape, but breaking that progression up into into small, bite-sized, manageable pieces. So in the in the books, every single day, um, you either get a workout or you get some small piece of information to improve your fitness and lifestyle that's really easy to implement and, and understand. Like, hey, today, try not drinking any calories. Um, or... Um, then you have a workout and then the, the next workout might, or the next day of the 90 day challenge might be, Hey, after, um, in order to help you to relax, try some hot, cold therapy or, Hey, go to the grocery store and grab some vegetables you've never eat, eaten and just cut them up and eat them. Um, so it's, it's not just about exercise. It's about, um, making really practical and easy lifestyle changes and then through repetition, making that habitual the the exercise program itself is uh you just train three to four times a week you start out three times a week with uh, relatively easy workouts there is uh, there are weekly for the first month i think there are weekly evaluations uh, that allow you to progress from from level one workouts to level three workouts and then again i think after the first month um there's a transition from training three times a week to four times a week 
And uh, the workouts, I would say, you know, typically are about 20 to, to 40 minutes in duration. Uh, all bodyweight exercise or exercises that um, really focus on the development of athletic skill, the you know, which can be summed up as being able to maintain a long neutral spine and being able to move your arms and legs um, while maintaining a long neutral spine. Yeah. How many of those workouts did you did you? I mean, are those like standard among? The workout in industry, or how many of them did you create on your own and and or name them? Because of that, a lot of those were very new to me. Scorpion sidekicks and RDLs—that was just new stuff to me. Um, well, I I pulled from different places. I mean, there's there's like any kind of creative work is is taking um, and reassembling existing things to create new things. So uh, I won't say where the names came from, uh, but I, but I did. I, I am really happy about that naming convention, like like Eval and, and Opus um, and Hammer. Then uh, the the exercises again. Um, uh, Rafael Ruiz uh, is a major influence on on my work, um, especially with 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 the um, exercise selection, um, and I would even say like the overall uh, training philosophy. And then the structure was uh, just something that I created. And I spent a lot of times on creating those uh, those long those long term uh, exercise programs so that they can accommodate um, uh, the general public while still creating um, progression from easy to hard. During the the ninety day challenge, the eval level two was definitely the hardest one for me, and the toughest part the toughest one was the the let me ups. I think where you, you get under a desk. And, you know, or you had a bar, but I had a desk at work because I did this. I did this all at work, either in my office or we actually have a gym at my at my office and um, you know, with some weights in there, which I never had to use. But I ended up using the like a lat pull down. Is that a sufficient substitute for the let me ups in the 90 day challenge? Well, I mean, it's it's comparable to um, replacing an overhead press or it's so let's say. So I mean, you're you're for for the let me ups, you're pulling with your arms perpendicular to your body, mm-hmm. um, like you are, for example, for a push up or a bench press. Except those are pushing exercises. For a let me up, you're um, I'm sorry, for a pull up, you're pulling with your arms in line with your body, right? Just like you would be with an overhead press or like a shoulder press, right? Mm-hmm. So again, like it's um, Similar muscles, but different, um, and then just different skills overall. So, um, you know, a permanent substitute, we, we, we really want to train our, ourselves by performing all the functions. So I think it's a good temporary thing. <laughs> if, if, if you can, uh, and you're going to be healthy regardless, uh, but we want to do, we want to do both, ideally. Yeah, I tried to lay back and um, mimic that perpendicular um, alignment as much as possible. But yeah, that was one. I, and, I, and one reason I ask these questions is because I figure if I've got these, somebody else, some of the other followers out there, yeah, have probably done the same thing. So maybe this will help. Uh, right. So um, I guess to to get to do a pulling variation where your arms are uh, uh, vertical to your body. Uh, the exercise called let me ends works quite well and you can do those with one arm 
Yeah, those are tough. <laughs> uh, and then you can use you can use pauses and things like that to, to make the two arm variation more difficult as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a good way to fix it up. What about the body weight 2.0? Because that's what I started next in October, yep. right when I finished the 90 day challenge. What what is the 2.0 about, and how is it different? It's uh, aside from body weight rehab, um, which I got two more workouts releasing in the next few weeks for that. Um, it's my newest program. It's what my uh, my certification program, Bodyweight Training 2.0, is, is based on, and uh, it's really my favorite program in that I think it does the best job of of improving overall physical preparedness with as little time and energy as possible. And the the way we 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 set that program up was basically we had a checklist of functions. I wanted to create an easy to use, um, comprehensive exercise program that allows people in my certification program to create workouts that over a schedule, uh, over a week long schedule will, uh, will be comprehensive so that, that no major functions or, or no critical functions are missing. I think the, the, the typical exercise programs, um, they're missing a lot as far as important joint functions and, and skills. Um, so if you think about the normal exercise programs, the movements are all up, down, forward, back, right? But our bodies do a lot more than that. There, there usually isn't a lot of lateral movement, which is, which is critical. Um, so the main things, like put simply, that the average exercise program is, is missing, which is critical to athletic performance, is uh, the control of lateral movement and rotation. Um, so Bodyweight Training 2.0, has four movement categories. The first movement category um, covers all the isolated functions of the joints. So you have rotation, flexion, extension, circumduction, making circles, hips, shoulders, spine, etc. Nothing's missing there. Um, you have you have you have those basic fundamental functions that you learn early as a child, which involve on the ground, where everything's on the ground, lying on the ground, rolling, and then transitioning from lying to kneeling to standing and back down, right? Mm-hmm. And therein really lies, um, you know, if you get really good at lying and getting up and down off the ground but from, or transitioning from lying, kneeling, and standing position positions um, with and without weight, you're going to have a pretty solid athletic foundation, right? Um, and if your program is missing that, um, I think it's missing some 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 real fundamentals. So that, that's involved, that's the third movement category. Um, the fourth movement category, and I know I skipped the second movement category, um, the fourth movement category are those movements that we use in standing positions to move up, down, forward, back, and side to side. Um, then the second movement category is basically, sometimes in life, we just need more than the basics, right? So that's where we have more dynamic movements that require more flexibility and strength they feel great i'm i'm really loving i love the body weight 2.0 I, all of them and now i'm into the efx and mobility rx okay um how would you describe those efx is elite functional exercise and it's um it's a version of body weight i mean same principles as body weight training 2.0 except uh, the movements are more challenging. The structure of the workouts is more challenging. Those workouts are harder. Um, but I, I will say with a caveat that, um, you know, like 
we come from a culture where we tend to value things that are harder or like we think it's better just because it's harder, more difficult. Um, there's an incredible amount of value in practicing the easy stuff, you know? So I don't want to gear everybody listening, especially all those young hard chargers to, to EFX, uh, because the quality of your movement is everything, you know? So, um, so having said that elite functional exercise, it's functional exercise at a higher level and, uh, and mobility RX is really, um, just, it's, it's more based on flexibility and your ability to get yourself into the right positions. So, you know, a lot of times, like a lot of, especially with a lot of strength training, the problem with, um, lifting weights is great, by the way, I'm not saying anything about it. And, and I do lift weights myself, um, a couple times a week, usually not always. Uh, but the problem with it is that, um, lifting weights and strength training creates muscular tension, of course, and, and that can reduce flexibility and reduce flexibility, um, can compromise your ability to get yourself into the positions that are most efficient for, for some activity, right? So the reason flexibility is important because you have to, like, there are certain positions for certain activities that are the most efficient, right? And you want to be able to relax in those positions so, you, so, so that you're not slow and stiff. Um, so that's what Mobility RX is about. I am amazed at the workout I can get from well, first of all, if I was just watching a video of your workouts, I would just think, okay, uh, that's easy it, most of the time. But, man, when I'm doing it, it's incredible the workout that I get, the sweat. And I'm not a big sweater, but, I mean, even just Friday you know, at work, I was just pouring sweat. It's just a killer workout. But I love how I feel after. I love how my hips feel, especially my core. Um, yeah, there's no, there's no danger of injuring myself but man it's such a good workout yeah i appreciate that appreciate that feedback bud. I, I tell my i actually my wife probably gets annoyed with me because at night you know we don't get much time together we have young kids and so our time is a few minutes at night when they fall asleep before we fall asleep and i love to just i'll just get down right there on the floor and show her say hey look let me just show you one of these workouts i did today uh-huh. and and i just i'll just demonstrate one or two because to me, they just blow me away because it's it's new movements for me, and um, and they're hard, and and she finds a lot of I think pleasure in learning those. Some of those she's done with her she in her workouts. She just hasn't been able to work out for at least a year because of the the pregnancy and now that the baby. But yeah, I love telling people about it. Um, even my even my mom. Uh-huh. It listened to the podcast with you back in the fall, and she was telling me she loved how you're talking about. Get, you know, efficiently getting off the ground. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if she tried it, but I know it, 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 it stuck with her anyway. And I think like that, that point is really, um, it's essential. And I think it's, uh, I think it is a great thing, um, to, to share with your, with, with your, with your family and friends because, um, the, so the reason that I've now shifted. So basically like I've, I kind of went backwards in my progression in that, um, when I really started to better understand the, the importance of posture positioning and its role in performance and efficiency and injury prevention, um, that's when I first created um, EFX and then Mobility RX. Um, since then, I've created Bodyweight Training 2.0, and what I'm what I now have a certification program for, uh, and I'm creating videos for, and, and I'm hoping a book is, is going to follow, is uh, Bodyweight Rehab, and it's it's just a regression 
of those athletic skills. I mean, it, for, for all those videos, you're training the same athletic skills. The difference with those exercises is some exercise make maintaining or performing that athletic skill more difficult, right? So one way maybe to, to explain it is that um, these workouts improve um, posture and positioning by, by telling you what the, the correct posture and position is, and then we put you in a position that makes it really difficult for you to main that, maintain that posture and position, and thereby we improve your ability to, to maintain good posture and positioning, right? Um, well, so, but we're cre creating a regression to, to, um, to body weight rehab um, that now really just focuses on the isolated functions of the joints and your transitions from lying to standing, um, and really with a focus on what are the what is the easiest way for you to transition from lying to standing? And you know, I would say like the baby boomers and the elderly, especially, but really all of us, right? Because these are skills that like once you lose these skills, your life is going to be in a totally different position. The people around you are going to have to take care of you. Um, so the, the the way that we want to spend a lot of our time and energy, right? The way the elderly want to burn calories. And, and build muscles isn't with movements that they don't really need. They need to practice those specific movements that they actually need that allow them to perform functions that they need as efficiently as possible, right? Which is really like getting up and down off the ground. Because if you hear when you when you lit, um, when you read or you hear about the the those populations, uh, you know, 60 and above especially, um, the the main risk is really like falling. And, and that really comes from not being able to control your position um, or your positioning from for, between lying and standing positions. Uh, but then even for, for more elite forces like special operations guys and things like that, um, the, the, the fundamental skill that you're always performing is getting from one place to another. You know, Whether you have a rucksack on your back and you're walking, um, you're always transitioning from lying, kneeling, and standing positions. Um, so I don't know how I, I, I just came off on this like really long tangent about, um, oh yeah, your, your, your mother. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really good thing to, uh, to, to, you know, to get your family members to practice, especially if, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're 50 and up and it's a great thing for you to warm up with regardless of your fitness level. Mm hmm one thing that I have struggled with is anytime there's any type of squatting in your exercises, you talk about the, you know, keeping your chest out, you know, your back straight. And, um, is when I watch you, I don't believe your heels leave the ground, but when I get, try to get down there and try to get my hips back and my back straight, mm -hmm. my flexibility is still so bad that my heels come off the ground. I mean, how do I prevent that? And, and is that, is that a bad thing? Yeah, you want to keep your feet on the ground. Um, you want to keep your heels on the ground. I mean, the more surface area you have there in contact with the foot, the, the better off you're going to be. And so here again, we, we, you know, we, we started the podcast, um, and, and, and I said, at the foundation of my entire training philosophy is the idea that you only get good at what you do. So, I mean, the best way to, to get better at something is to do that actual thing. Um, and I think that's kind of a, 
another sort of key point where strength conditioning um, and fitness and a lot of times therapy are kind of misled in that um, whatever it is that you're trying to get good at, you, ha you have to practice that specific thing. And, and, you know, sometimes you just have to create a progression that leads to that thing while keeping it as specific as possible. So the best way for you to improve squatting is squatting. Of course, of course, you can add ancillary exercises like maybe um, like stretching your calves and your soleus, um, stretching your lats, um, just so you can better get into position. But you know, just like when I used to do Muay Thai, and people would say, like, "Hey, what's 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 the best thing I can do to improve my high kick?" You know, I can't. I can't it, it's not really that good. Got to throw high kicks. You know, like how do you get good at throwing a ball? Got to throw a ball. Um, and you can get exercises to help that, of course, but, uh, you know, you, you gotta get, you gotta keep it as specific as possible. Mm -hmm. So I would say, well, I mean, for you, for your case, for squatting, um, really tr try stretching your calves and soleus, like maybe like, or try uh, doing downward dog, like that, that yoga pose. Are you familiar with it? Oh yeah. I love downward dog. Yeah. And, and, and try to keep your heels as close to the ground as possible. Um, and that'll stretch out your lats as well. And, you know, your lats connect, uh, you know, every, your entire back to your hips, hmm. which can also uh, um, affect, I mean, that can affect everything to include squats. Okay. Yeah, good, because now I'm, I'm doing the, the squats but holding my, my arms at streamline and trying to keep my arms pointed up and, and doing the squats, and it is, it is it's tough. For, I, I wish I had you to check my form on actually basically every workout there was, but I know my form has still got to be pretty bad in on that one, but I'm trying to go slow and focus on what you're saying. Yeah. Just uh, set, set up a phone and send me a quick video. Uh, I, don't, I don't mind. Okay. Feedback on that. Yeah. Just a few random questions before we start wrapping it up. What city is that in the background of the body weight 2.0? Oh, that's Tampa. Is it Tampa? Okay. Yeah, it's Tampa. And uh, we were at the, on the parking garage of the lightning stadium. Um, and it was February. And if you, uh, you know, even though it's Florida, but you know, I was on an elevated stage at the top of the parking garage outside, um, at night in February. And, uh, and if you look at my shorts, you can see like the wind was howling. I could see the wind. No doubt. But it was freezing that night. Like it was a heinous 11 hours of shooting uh, <laughs> to the point where, uh, we actually had to go buy heating blankets, and uh, yeah, my lips were turning blue on that one. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, what? What about your guilty pleasure when it comes to food? Oh, so you know what? Like, um, I don't have guilty pleasures in that I eat whatever I want guilt-free. Um, you know, I will say that I'm I'm kind of um, genetically blessed in in that regard, but if uh, if I eat the things that you know might be considered bad, which they're not, if you eat them at the right time, then they're not bad. You know, so um, I'll eat ice cream and all sorts of other things that um, just have like, you know, they, they they cause pretty strong insulin reactions. They got like a lot of calories. But again, like when when when, when I'm training hard, um, especially if if uh, if I'm doing strength training then that's exactly what I need, especially immediately following or around the time of those workouts. Um, and I just, I, I don't recover as well if, if I don't eat those things, you know, it's almost like they're not natural, 
but they sure as heck work a lot fast. You know, I recover a lot faster than if I was to eat a, a salad after a hard workout. Okay. Yeah. So t- timing is everything. Like, uh, eat, eat your favorite foods, a big bowl of pasta with, uh, whatever sort of sauce you want. Um, and maybe a little ice cream to top it all off. Uh, but make that your reward for, uh, having a good hard workout. Okay. Do you drink protein powder or do you just get all your protein from your food? From food, um, I don't like, I, I drank them for years and I, um, I think they're disgusting now, to be honest. Um, I don't like the texture and I don't like how they digest. And, um, I'll just, you know, we have eggs and I guess, you know, I've, I've consumed thousands of raw eggs. I don't know how many thousands of raw eggs and I haven't had any issues. Um, but yeah, so I make smoothies for myself on a regular basis, um, depending on how hard I'm training. Um, you know, sometimes it's just, uh, vegetables, some fruit, um, a little bit of olive oil with, uh, with a couple of egg whites and maybe a whole egg or something like that. Um, and then on occasions where I'm trying to increase my, uh, my, my calorie intake, um, I'll use ice cream and things like that in, in my smoothies with eggs. But, uh, I, okay. I just, I use eggs. Yeah. Okay. Raw eggs in your smoothie. Cause I hadn't thought about that. I have smoothies all the time. It, it really, I think it does a lot to improve the texture of, of, uh, the smoothies as well. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. I remember when I was younger, we loved Rocky, and so um, it was Rocky Two, I believe. Anyway, whenever it showed him drinking the raw eggs and when he's training in the montage, and so it's like, I got to have some raw eggs. And, yeah, that's kind of gross. Yeah. Like, blend it up with some ice cream, you know? It's a totally different experience. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't feel like a giant flimwad when it's mixed with the ice cream and stuff. Exactly. And some uh, coconut oil works really well in there. So a really simple way to, uh, to get a lot, you know, I think there's probably – I think a, a good portion of your uh, listeners are, are, are young guys that are um, looking to get into the special operations community. Um, and, you know, if, if you're if you're training hard, you got to eat. And uh, a really easy way to uh, to get those extra calories is uh, is a little bit of ice cream. Um, uh, you can add uh, almond milk, um, coconut oil or almond oil, um, and then just add some eggs in there. And maybe okay. – True. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Mark, what about what's coming up for you? What do you want to let all listeners know about with your recertification courses and maybe your website and anything, books, anything else? The So the certification program is doing really well in uh, German-speaking Europe and China um, to the point that we're now bringing it for the first time to, uh, to the United States. So the first course is going to be in uh, – in Tampa, Florida, this August, and uh, and you can get more information um, at on my Facebook page, which is uh, um, facebook.com/slash/bodyweight, and then of course my uh, my website, um, marklauren.com. How long does it take to become certified with you? It's with it's you? a two day course. Okay. It's it's two full days of training, and that's going to be for bodyweight training 2.0. Okay. Yeah, the um, bodyweight rehab we, we haven't brought over yet, but uh, bodyweight re- rehab that concept is doing really well, especially in Germany. And it, that course actually got approved uh, in Germany for their physical therapists, which have um, uh, reoccurring annual uh, professional development requirements. And you know, there's certain courses that are approved for that professional development, and uh, bodyweight training 2.0 is now one of those. 
for German physical therapists. So that was that was, to hear. Yeah, that was a nice acknowledgement and validation. Um, additionally, I guess um, in so what are we now? July, August. I would say almost sem- July. Yeah, almost July. So um, yeah, August. Um, my new website. I hope to have that released, and uh, it's, it's marklorn.com is going to be rebuilt, um, and I'm taking the content that's in my web app, all the paid content, uh, making free samples out of that with with training schedules and descriptions to basically better guide users and to allow them to get started with all my content for free. Right now, it's sixty dollars a year, or you can pay I think what eight bucks a month. It, do you any do you anticipate that changing in the near future? The pricing? Right. Um, no, I haven't, I haven't really thought about changing the pricing. I mean, the, um, you know, things are always going to be changing and ongoing. Um, for one, I guess I'm going to change the name to, to Mark Lauren On Demand um, since it's primarily a web app and uh, streaming video content. But uh, I guess rather than changing the pricing um, – they're just, there's just going to be a lot more free content available. So I think it's going to be uh, – and, and we're, I'm going to release um, s- free workout samples um, er- at least every other month. So there's going to be a pretty good body of uh, free workout content for those people that um, are not yet ready to uh, try the free sample or uh, you know, pay a subscription. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm part of the Facebook group. I comment on there pretty regularly, and there's several others that do as well. Anything you'd like to say to those folks, Mike from Belgium or Phil or any of the other ones that are on there all the time that we talk back and forth with? You know what? I just just for for everybody, um, I really appreciate it, and it's uh, this is my calling in life. You know, so I'm just grateful that I'm able to do what I what I fell in love with as a child. Um, Making li- make a living off of it. Have a great team that I work with, and uh, and and support everybody that is using these programs. You know, it's uh, it's my life, and I'm grateful for it. Well, it's 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 positively impacting many people. And when I think about myself and how limited not only my thinking, but I think most people's is when it comes to to exercising, is I started working out regularly. As a, you know, like during work hours, let's say seven years ago, and because I had we had a gym right down the road from work, several of us left during the day. We'd go work out about about noon. I loved that, and so I, my, one of my biggest fears was, hey, what if I can't do this anymore? What, what if I change jobs or get transferred to a different location? Well, I got transferred to a different location of my company a year and a half ago, and they wouldn't pay for a gym membership like my other one did. And I thought, come on, y'all got to do this. But so I felt like, hey, I'm not going to be able to work out because I have no time to do this at home right now in my life. And, well, we actually had a little gym in there. So it worked out fine. But then I started your program and I realized I don't even need all these weights. I just need space. And so now I actually have changed jobs. And we don't have a fitness center right now. There is there is one being built in our remodel. But I don't have anything. And so... But I've got space, and that's all I need is space and maybe a little yoga mat, and, man, I'm good to go, <laughs> and your videos. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, like, 
I think a critical and essential piece to uh, to, to long term fitness is uh, is being independent and, and not being too dependent on uh, on things that you don't need. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even a lot of space. You don't need a whole lot of space. Yeah, very little space. Just a little bit of floor space, and uh, and you need a little bit of motivation. Yep. Support. Well, in your app, it does a good job with that too, because it. You, know, you can take the surveys now, and I know you keep improving it. And now you've got the ranking system. So, All right, man, then. it's a it's been uh, something that I just love doing now, and it's a killer killer workouts every day. But I feel so good after. You know, I haven't transformed my body, but that's partly because of the way that I eat. But I still, I'm, I still, I mean, I don't think I've declined. I'm still stronger than I ever was, and I'm 41 too. Okay. And I definitely feel, I feel better than either I ever than I have at least since I was playing water polo in college. Okay. Say, so, uh, that's a heck of a sport. Yeah, I was the goalie, so you know, I couldn't, I couldn't swim up and down, but still a killer, killer workout. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Mark. Anything else you'd like to say? No, man. Um, thanks for having me again. And, uh, you know, I, I love seeing you on Facebook and your support on social media. That uh, I, uh, I really appreciate that. And uh, I guess just stay in contact and let me know how I can help. Thank you. I will. I'll probably send you a video or two, too, so you can yeah. tell me how poor my... No, it's all good. 